Welcome to the Wealth Edit Podcast, a place where talking about finances is only polite. We talk to women and hear the stories behind how they have built their beautiful lives, whether that be inside or outside the home. I'm Emily Laster, and on this show, Lauren and I interview Melanie Bridgeforth of the Women's Fund of Greater Birmingham. Melanie discusses the importance of women getting involved in their communities, the important skills they bring to the table, and the impact we can have by getting involved. Welcome, everybody. As y'all are getting on board, I'm going to introduce Melanie Bridgeforth. Melanie has been a friend of mine for a long time, and we got to know each other very well last year when we were in Leadership Birmingham together. So we're so pleased to have her on today. Um, Melanie, the reason we're having her on is one of the top things that our members ask to talk about is philanthropy and how to make an impact with their philanthropic dollars. So Melanie is the president and CEO of the Women's Fund of Greater Birmingham, a grant-making foundation that supports programs, organizations, and initiatives that connect women and their families to resources necessary for economic security, such as post-secondary education, quality childcare, and safe housing. So they're just committed, the short of that is, they're just committed to making women's lives better. And um, we're just so grateful that she's spending a few minutes with us today. So Melanie, thank you so much. Lauren, thank you. Uh, Thank you, Emily. I've enjoyed getting to know Emily. I obviously know Lauren quite well. Um, And the entire Wealth Edit community, thanks for having me. Um, So I think we thought I'd just maybe talk a little bit about the, the work of the Women's Fund. And interspersed in that, I'll talk about why we exist. I find that Often we talk about the what, but I want to talk today a little bit about the why, and then I'm going to invite you to a fun event um, to learn even more. Um, but but thanks for having me to, to just share a little bit about how we boldly invest in women. Um, I thought it befitting to start with a quote from Justice Ginsburg, women belong in all places where decisions are being made. Um, I don't think there are true words, um, and I thought if we could hold that today as we have this conversation, um, it's a very important quote and speaks um, holistically to the work of the Women's Fund. It rings in my head as I walk into these doors every day fighting for gender equity. So what in the world is the Women's Fund of Greater Birmingham? So we're quite simply funders for gender equity. Um, we are the region and state's only public women's foundation. A lot of people don't know that. Um, but it's our vision statement that I love um, the most. And it's on, I think I sent a, a set of slides just so you, those of you who are uh, visual learners um, can follow along with me. But if you're reading the screen, um, we envision a society where power and possibility are not limited by gender. So our mission is anchored in the power of targeted philanthropy. Now, we use research to inform our work and the work of our community, uh, but it's our public policy advocacy that gives our mission lift and rise. Um, So on this next slide, I wanted to show a little bit about the status of women. I believe strongly that what gets measured gets changed. I say it like a mantra. You can't change something if you don't know the problem. Um, So the real story behind the Women's Fund is why we're necessary. Um, Alabama has the second lowest labor participation rate for women in the nation. Now this highlights the need, in my opinion, for fully funded systems like childcare, access to post-secondary education, family-friendly workplace policies like uh, flexible work schedules and and paid leave. And these are all priorities that we at the Women's Fund are fighting for on our policy agenda. 
If our state and business leaders would prioritize even a fraction of these critical policy levers, it would raise our labor participation rate to 80,000 more women being in the workforce. That's just if we were to come to the national average. Now, you take that 80,000 women, that is an estimated $1.6 billion in wages alone. So it's important to have this conversation about women's participation, um, as Justice Ginsburg would say, at all tables. And right now we're talking about in, in the workforce. So let's keep on going through, through some of the data. Once we get women in the workplace, we gotta pay them equal, right? To their equal share of the work. Um, so on average, women in Alabama make 70 cents to the dollar of a man. If you disaggregate that by race, the numbers are even more abysmal. And why equal pay is so important beyond uh, the moral imperative is because, consider this, if employed single women were paid the same as comparable men, the poverty rate for women would be cut in half. Um, that was data too powerful for us not to get behind, which is why the Women's Fund champion and one passage of the state's first equal pay statute in the 2019 legislative session. Now, this was just a conversation starter, but it was a very important conversation to begin. And that's economic and work. Let's look at health. Um, the U.S. is one of the only countries where we are seeing an increase in maternal mortality. Alabama's rate is the third highest in the nation. Um, and it disproportionately impacts black women. And, and why is that? That's really important. And it would take people far smarter than me to come and unpack that. But I do wanna just talk about that for a second, because in addition to age old you know, structural inequalities, more and more studies are pointing to the role of implicit bias in healthcare providers as a key driver. But if you look right here in Alabama, we could also point to the fact that hospitals that offer obstetrical care exist in under half of our counties throughout the state. So that means that women in our state are in counties that lack specialized professionals to care for them during pregnancy. Now, why am I harping on maternal mortality and a conversation around investing in women? Well, it's because keeping women and babies alive during birth and giving birth is foundational. It is the purest measure of how our society is performing. We can look at all the jobs numbers we want. We can look at all the investment portfolios, but if we can't keep women and babies alive at those most critical moments of their life, then we're failing. So that's why the Women's Fund continues to fight for critical investments from the state into our maternal mortality review committee set up by the legislature, um, because that's the body charged with studying these issues and why women are dying, but they weren't funded. And so we had to fight for um, and secured in this last session, those dollars. And I can't close out any conversation on data without talking about the impact of COVID. Women are on the front lines um, and in large part are representative, disproportionately representative of the job loss. Now, one of the things that you know, we did as an organization at the top of the pandemic was to launch the Roar for Women Fund, investing nearly $200,000 to date in 17 communities statewide to save childcare. The childcare industry, as we were flattening the curve of COVID, we were also flattening uh, the childcare industry. And we all know that childcare is a, as important an infrastructure as roads and bridges. So when we talk about roads and bridges and all those potholes we hate, let's talk about childcare because it is just as important for women and families to get to work as a road or a bridge. 
Um, and so it's really all of these indicators collectively that, in my opinion, necessitate our generation's movement for women, um, including and centering voices of all women is paramount. Um, so I never leave a mic without a call to action. So on this next slide, I thought I'd sort of center it around three pillars that really get me jazzed. Um, and that's political, civic, and philanthropic engagement. Because it's in those three pillars that our power sits and rests. Um, when women are represented in the voting booth and in office, policies that advance our causes are more likely to pass. Um, the people that we elect to shape policies and practices impact every single piece of data that I just covered. So these things can be fixed. It's who we put there to fix them. Vote, I can't leave without saying that. We're talking about investments, but I can't talk, you know, can't leave without talking about the power of our vote. Um, because we should vote for candidates that explicitly represent the interests of women. I find that in this line of work, women are really good at advocating for other people's causes, not necessarily our own. And so it's really important that we show up and be unapologetic about the needs of women. Um, and if you don't like your options, then you run. My goodness, I'd love to see that. That'd be so much fun for us at the Women's Fund. Um, you might be shocked to know, or maybe not, that of the 140 members of the legislature, only 16% are women. So it's no surprise that these systems don't work for us uh, because they're not designed by us. And so it's important that we, um, that we keep that in mind. Um, I, I do believe that investing in women is how we really move and change the narrative from passive to authoritative um, and from hopeful to radically imaginative. And speaking of radical, the last pillar of investment that I'll talk about is what we do, the heart and soul of what the Women's Fund is doing. You know, radically moving the needle for women requires money. It requires financial capital, period, point blank. So you might be surprised to know that only 1.6% of charitable giving in our country is dedicated to directly benefiting the lives of women and girls. Now, I just went through a lot of data that shows that women and girls are amongst the most vulnerable populations on the planet, and yet only 1.6% of giving is directed toward benefiting their lives. That's problematic. So organizations like the Women's Fund are changing that. And so this next slide, you know, is the little fun part that I wanted to throw out because we are proud to be a part of a global community of women's funding organizations, amplifying women's collective giving power. So on October 8th, we will be hosting our annual fundraiser, affectionately known as Smart Party, but it's so much more than a fundraiser because this is about inclusive philanthropy. You don't have to write a million dollar check to be a philanthropist. You just got to care and you got to give and you got to give of your heart and your time and your talent. Um, and we're so excited this, this year to be joined by uh, Valerie Jarrett to have a conversation on all of the things that I just covered. Um, and this event on the last slide, because I do want you to see some faces you might recognize, is about unleashing the power of women's philanthropy and celebrating these enterprising and fierce women who are changing the world. Um, and so when you know people ask you about the Women's Fund, what in the world is it? Public Women's Foundation, why in the world are they doing that kind of work? Well, it's because we believe, and I know that you agree, that until women have power and influence equal 
to the share of the burden we carry, we have to fight for change. We have to invest. And we do that through our giving, through our vote, and certainly through our voice. So I'll stop there and love to have some questions and entertain some dialogue. Yeah. So I have a question. Um, it is surprising to me that there's only 1.6% of charitable giving because if you sit on any philanthropic board, it feels like that's one of the initiatives, you know? And so how does that, how is the dialogue so different than the dollars, I guess? So that actually is done by the Lilly School of Philanthropy. Um, and that statistic is based on organizations who are explicit in their mission. Okay. about so a lot of giving obviously indirectly affects women because women in large parts are you know being served by a lot of nonprofit organizations but what we're talking about is explicit giving because we are obviously at a place in society where subtleties don't work anymore we have to be super super explicit about giving to build gender equity giving to eradicate barriers for women mm -hmm. Y'all can unmute your lines. Um, did you have a question too? Well, no, I really loved how you said, you know, you don't have to be a millionaire to I be a philanthropist. Too. And one of the things we talked about on our pre-call, which are- Hey! Hold on, I'm gonna turn off the Zoom call. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Alexa? Yeah, sorry, I'm trying to turn it off. <laughs> hey, Melanie, I wouldn't miss you. You did fabulous. You! <laughs> That's good. Um, let's see. So what I love that idea because you and I talked about how oftentimes it's also just like investing in the women around us and really talking to them. Hold on. Did I accidentally yeah, you muted? Yeah. Did I mute? Somehow that I thought I muted Alexia. Now can you okay, can you hear me? Um, but you know, just that you can invest in the women around you by helping them. I mean, maybe it's just a conversation with an intern that you have, or you know, taking the time to meet with somebody and hear what their their needs are, and connecting them with the different you know community foundations that could possibly help them. I really, but that resonated with me because oftentimes we're so busy. And we think we don't have the excess money to give or, you know, whatever it is. And really, sometimes it's just as simple as just taking the time to invest in someone. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the things I, I really love about um, the Women's Fund and organizations like ours, because it, it really is about demystifying philanthropy. Because when I think of philanthropy, historically, I, I did think of people with very deep pockets. I didn't think of myself as a philanthropist, but I mean, if you actually look at the definition of philanthropist, we are all, anybody who's giving of our human selves, that is philanthropy. Yeah. Um, and so it's not just money. Yeah, it's how we invest our time and how we show up for one another. Well, it's interesting. I, um, we work with a lot of private families and I will say like, especially as you're thinking about um, making an impact on the next generation, whether that be your children, you know, I don't know, nephews, nieces, friends of ki kids of friends. I mean, 
the anecdote, it seems like to like keeping a healthy relationship with money, in my opinion, is to have philanthropy be a thread that runs through your family. Um, that's something that we can change. So if your parents weren't philanthropic, it really doesn't matter. Um, you can make that new for your family and it, you don't have to be a millionaire. You are so right. And what we often find at the Wealth Edit and at Somerset is that our, like as people kind of get more comfortable with the wealth journey, get more comfortable talking about money, get more comfortable understanding what they actually care about, you know, it ends up that like giving just is the solution for so many things, you know, like that, that's just what we find is that like, it gets to be that like this stuff that I thought was important isn't important, but giving to women and girls, that's something that I want to spend now that I understand my money more. I think a lot of times why women don't give is like, we don't have a great grasp on where our money's going or what we're doing with it. And once we grasp that, it's amazing what women can do with their monies to like, you know, really make an impact on their communities. Yeah, yeah. And you know, um, one of the things when I talk about the Women's Fund, I have to, because people are so accustomed when they think about organizations um, who are centering women, that it's direct service. Mm. Um, so we're different because we are not actually serving women, but we are investing in the organizations who do a great job of being on the front line serving women. But one of the um, best analogies I've heard, and I think this is a great analogy for why women's giving is so powerful, but and it's, it's pretty uh, aggressive. But anyway, um, <laughs> it was to imagine a car barreling down the street. Um, and it you know, drives off the road and hits, hits people, um, the, the natural inclination is to want to go check on the people, but who is stopping the car? Yeah. Stopping the car from barreling down the street and hitting more and more people. Um, and that is, I think, the role of organizations like ours who sit in this sort of intermediary space um, where we are interfacing with community in a very real way. Um, helping people mobilize their philanthropy because obviously, you know, giving to an organization like the Women's Fund, you're able to amplify your gift because you're putting your money with Harry's and Becca's and Aileen and Lauren, everybody's pooling their resources. And so we're really able to, um, to make an impact. And I think until women are moving money, mm -hmm. I just think we're, we're going to still face so many of these issues. So that's why I love you know, being a part of this conversation and what you guys do too. Well, thanks so much. Well, does anyone else have a question before we let Melanie go? I know you're so busy getting ready for the smart party. Yay! All right. Well, thank you so much. We will, um, we'll also just post some things in Slack. Some of, and so if you have additional questions, we'll either get them to Melanie or we will um, answer them ourselves. So thank you so much. We're so glad that you came on and remind us what day the smart party is. Or eighth at noon, okay. virtually, virtually, <laughs> virtually. Okay, great. All right, All right. Thank, thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed our podcast today. If you want to learn more about our website, please check us out at www.wealthedit.com. The Wealth Edit is an online membership-based community for women looking to confidently discuss and expand their knowledge of personal finance. Our community provides a space for women of all ages to gather, 
learn, and plan their financial journey through virtual courses, weekly guest speakers, and educational content. 